Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that for the third and final time is revisiting some defining games from last season as Manchester City broke the mould and made history. This time out we're focusing on the Champions League and strangely enough our nil-nil draw in Copenhagen is omitted. Instead there's a masterclass followed by an even better masterclass and then 90 minutes in Istanbul that will forever reside in that sweet spot in our soul. Joining me to pay homage to utter greatness, I have with me Howard and Ali. Hi Howard, are you looking forward to this? Uh, on the duress, yeah, go on. Let's talk about the Champions League. Yeah, let's talk about City battering Real Madrid. <laughs> Why not? Go if on have then. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but work. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, you there? You well? Yeah, I'm very well indeed, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not even going to pretend and joke and, and, and do the... Uh, the the um, comical thing, I, I just will happily talk about yeah. these games for hours and hours and hours, so we'd better go on with it. Yeah, let's, well, let's get on with it. And we've chosen three games from the Champions League campaign, a, a successful Champions League campaign. Um, it's not often we've said that, in fact, once ever. <laughs> uh, and it's an obvious three, really. We, we could have been kind of quite clever about things and looked at a group stage game and said, oh, this was important because... But really, it was... It, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. No, exactly. It was all fairly routine, wasn't it? Until... We got to Leipzig and we absolutely stuffed them, of course. But the three games today are the dismantling of Bayern Munich at home, the dismantling of Real Madrid at home, and then a little trip over to Turkey. So let's begin with a Bayern game. Uh, Ali, I'll start with you. Can you remember how you felt when we were drawn with Bayern, uh, meaning we'd very likely get Real Madrid as well if we progressed past them? Yeah, I can remember. Uh, I remember thinking, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) But only in the sense that we had got the most difficult possible draw that we could have done in you know, the the last eight, last four. Um, I also felt. I mean, I remember talking about this about uh, about this on a pod at the time. Um, I felt as confident as any football fan could reasonably feel going into uh, the last eight of yeah. a Champions League, um, because I just was very very sure that we were a better footballing team than any other side in the competition including Bayern Munich and including Real Madrid uh, and I said that at the time and of course it's football and, and the best team doesn't always win and we've been uh, in Champions League many a time before and gone out to teams that weren't as good as us so I knew it wasn't a given it was never going to be uh, it was never going to be a gift but uh it was, I think, a measure of how well we were playing at the time when the draw was made as well. I think I can't remember yeah. exactly when the when the names came out of that, but I think it was just when our, uh, our our season and our team had really begun to click into top gear, uh, and we were blowing away. And you know, Arsenal, I think, was probably around that time, and and you know we we were just looking. Uh, like finally, yeah, it was, you know, all, all the pieces were falling into place. Um, and I went into these games feeling nervous and, you know, a bit of trepidation. And, uh, I remembered, I remember posting on, on Twitter, uh, 
at the time, I think probably the day of the draw, uh, looking around at the comments from, from other City fans, and I posted the uh, the gif of from The Simpsons of Ralph Wiggum sitting on the back of the bus going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was kind of the sense that, that we all had. You know, it, it was it was as much of a challenge as it could possibly have been, but I never really doubted that we had we had the uh, you know, everything we needed to get through these ties. It, it kind of brought to mind that old cliche, isn't it? But if you if you want to win any tournament, oh. you have to beat the best along the way. And I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just triggered me. But, but it was I've triggered me this early on a Friday morning. No, you was, don't have to. Absolutely. Can I say, I, I'm totally, I'm totally with Howard on this. I would have much rather got like AC Milan and, and whoever else is the still there. Absolute nonsense. I'll keep telling. <laughs> Millwall got to an FA Cup final without meeting a single Premier League side along the way. Fair enough. Fair enough. You absolutely do not have to meet the best, but it turned out to be the best thing ever because we did it the hard way, mm. and it made it an even more historic achievement. I think. Okay. I mean, look, if we'd got past. I don't know, Sophia Plovdiv, second eleven, all the way, <laughs> yeah, all the way to the final. <laughs> got that first Champions League. I wouldn't be that bothered, but the fact that we did it this way was astonishing. Yeah, you know, just made it all the more. And I always assumed we'd get Napoli in the final as well. So, uh, kind of glad we didn't. Even though whoever we got in the final, it was always going to be a battle. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Blues are flying at this point, having just put four past Liverpool and Southampton. In the previous round, of course, we batted Leipzig. Um, it was hard to see us dominating this game, though, because, of course, this was Bayern, Bayern Munich. And they were struggling um, to kind of adapt to Tuchel's ways, I would say, because it was early in his tenure. Uh, and this became quite apparent early on as well, with a series of kind of defensive gaffes throughout the game, actually, uh, particularly from uh, Upa Meccano. Um, I would... Holden had a couple of chances. Then Rodri got us off the mark with an absolute beauty. Uh, how good was his goal? <sighs> he just doesn't score normal goals, does he? So, no. I mean, I watched it again and I probably didn't realise where it was going as he hit it. I didn't realise the amount of curl on it, basically. So if you look from behind him, it really is heading you know, at the start from halfway between the post and the corner flag. Mm. Uh, and it just curls and curls and curls and is unsavable in a way. And Harlan might have had a couple of stiffs of goal, but it was a tight, nervous it was, match. was until a goal. It was, yeah. Th- this is what we missed in the past: doing something like that in a tight game. We were doing to, yeah, we'd show as the game went on. We're doing to Bayern Munich what teams did to us in the past. You don't have to be better than the opposition. You have to get over the line and have those moments and force those mistakes. So it, it was all worthy by that part of the match. Very tight. I I thought Bayern Munich, after, you know, Tuchel obviously is a great manager. I don't think Bayern Munich were doing anything wrong at that point, to be honest. It was frenetic. It reminded me a bit of the Liverpool 2-1 in the league. Mm. The Liverpool didn't really make mistakes on that day. Obviously, it was getting to discussion we'll see that Bayern Munich did or we forced them to. But it had that intensity of, of two teams right at the top going for it. And that's why one moment a genius like that from Rodri makes all, yeah, was so, so important in a way because, mm. and why he, of course, deserves to be player of the year, Steve. So. <laughs> well, quite. <laughs> I don't, don't disagree. I don't disagree. We threw it over to the audience and the audience spoke. So um, 
either side of half-time, Bayern created their best chances. And there was a sprinkle of chances from, from them throughout, as you would expect, of course. Most of them fell Ali to Leroy Sane. How good was it to see him, maybe not on the night itself, but kind of straight after the game in victory? How good was it to see him back at the Etihad? Oh, after we'd beaten him, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm. I, I don't quite join in the uh, the uh, city fan blue loving for Leroy Sani. I, I still feel he left us in a bit of a sulky mood. Right. I'm, I'm not, he's not my. I know he's not my favourite ex player. Uh, having said that, you know, if, if uh, he wanted to come back, I would have him in a shot. You know, uh, I thought he played really well. Actually, um, I was glad that none of the shots he unleashed uh, were, you know, absolutely unstoppable. Um, but it did turn into a, a bit of a kind of one-on-one battle, a, a classic commentator's uh, uh, cliche of the one-on-one battle between striker and goalkeeper. Um, and Ederson came out on top. Uh, he he made a whole string of you know more than competent saves even if none of them were you know quite courtois world-class demanding uh yeah. but uh no i mean i, I mean the, the when when that part of the game particularly on either side of half time uh it really did feel like we were uh we were being made to suffer as pep would mm. like to say we were under the cosh um and the feeling I had, particularly at halftime, I think I, I remember saying this to someone. Um, it felt like we were in a, a world heavyweight boxing contest, mm. um, and you had two heavyweight champions going toe to toe, throwing everything at each other, and we had landed at, at halftime. We had landed the one knockdown punch, if not a knockout punch. Um, and that was the only thing between it. It really was, uh, it was, it was a proper, yeah, uh, Rocky movie of, of a contest. Um, and yeah, I felt like we, we deserved to be there, but you know, that there was, it wasn't just Leroy Sani, the amount of talent they had on that pitch and, and they were playing really well. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was very glad to be, you know, have, have the, the one goal lead at halftime and take it from there. Well, I mean, Pep said after the game, emotionally, I'm destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of strong language. I, I, I have aged 10 more years in so demanding <laughs> a game, he said. Um, and it took until the 70th minute before we further took advantage. Again, another cock-up cock from uh, Upe Meccano, capitalised upon by Grealish, who back heel to Haaland, who assisted gorgeously for Bernardo. Um, Howard, we, we spoke about this actually yesterday, didn't we, on the pod? Yeah, it did. Always satisfying to see a header thumped in like that, isn't it? Yeah, Steve, do you believe in deja vu? Because we've already, hey, talked, hey, well we've already talked about this on a podcast that isn't out yet. I don't oh, is it not out yet? Okay. Well, no, right. we, I talked about on the Harlem Player Review. We, we talked about the assist, didn't we? So we actually yeah, so the, sat we've, the header. So we've mentioned it on two it. other podcasts. One that's out, one that isn't. Uh, this moment in this match, yeah. So... How did you? Let's move on from the goal itself. And how did you respond? How in terms of oh. you know you're two 0 up now, but still the first leg. Um, it must have been mad there, wasn't every, it? Every goal felt huge in this match. Like yeah. Rodri getting the breakthrough, then getting that two goal lead. I forgot at first that this is the first leg as well. Uh, whereas the next game we talk about obviously is the second leg, so it's definitive the result in that respect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you think you just take something to the second leg, but with every goal, it's like this is even better. You know, this is like I can't believe this. Can't believe it's this good. It's going this well. Mm. 
on the first two, you, your original question was about Bernardo Silva, wasn't it? And obviously both both rounds, basically, he really comes of age. <laughs> Again, uh, he really shines for City. And yeah. yeah, shows us everything. But in a different way. You know, I mean, headers in both these first two games we're going to talk about. How many headers has he scored in his life? It can't <laughs> be that many. But you don't have to be tall, obviously. You have to be in the right place. But we said, yeah, on that previous podcast, there's nothing better, is there? I would say Harlan's assist, first of all, is as good as any of his goals. It's absolutely sumptuous. And there's just very few sites in football better, more aesthetically pleasing. Uh, and I'm at the South Stand as well, right behind him, but, you know, a long way behind, of watching someone run onto a cross and bullet yes. past the yeah. keeper. Yeah. Uh, and the keeper probably did cover himself in glory by his movement. Uh, Weird on. game. He had a very strange game, didn't he? Some yeah, great saves. Strange, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's just it's just a beautiful goal as well and an important one because yeah. obviously when you're one goal up, there's, you're, only, you're only one second away from potential disaster. Getting that breathing space was felt huge at the time and the celebration at the time was right up there, if I remember correctly, so. Well, there was a third by Haaland soon after that, and then chances just came one after another from City. I mean, it was a really special second-half performance. Um, the BBC said after, and it's a match report, they were outstanding performers all over the pitch. But for me, it was Bernardo Alley. He was just everywhere. Sorry to kind of bring a potential kind of negative to the proceedings here, but how on earth are we going to replace his energy and, and just him being Bernardo should he, should he leave this summer? Okay, well, talk about deja vu. This is the point where I say we never replace players. What we do is we move on and we start again with a different player in a different way because you absolutely cannot replace Bernardo. Um, I think it may well have been his best ever game for us that night. He was just phenomenal. He was unplayable. Um, He was was like a man possessed. There were a couple of dribbles that he did. Do you remember the dribble where he lost the ball like twice? Got it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He scrambled. Yeah, yeah. uh, a shame I didn't, a goal didn't come of that. I, I have to say, um, I, I very much hope we, we're not doing epitaphs for Bernardo anytime soon. But if we do, um, I think that dribble in that game that uh, didn't lead to a goal. And do you remember the famous one against Liverpool that Phil Foden mm. managed to cock up by missing the final shot at the end? Yes. They would have been the two greatest assists in the history of Manchester City Football Club. And both of them, they, uh, they, like, his, his mate cocked it up for him at the end, which is tragic. Anyway, no, Bernardo, he, he was a demon that night. I, uh, uh, it was like, he reminded me of... Um, uh, the Taz, the Tasmanian Devil, yes. in the uh, yeah. in the Warner Brothers cartoons. You know, he was just he was buzzing everywhere, flying everywhere, absolutely unstoppable. Um, and yeah, no, if, I'd, I'd hopefully uh, we don't have to talk about this, but no, we we cannot replace Bernardo. You never can replace Bernardo. But you know, there there will be other players who are their own men, um, who won't play quite the same, and will never quite bring you know the 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 same joy to the party but they will they will bring other qualities instead um but it it was it was a sensational performance but uh while while we're about it so i think that um the bbc report was absolutely right the really striking thing about yes. that match for me was just how good we were from you know from one to eleven uh our our goalkeeper was outstanding our defense was absolutely incredible i think 
possibly the best def- defensive performance I've ever seen from a Man City team. Uh, our midfield was amazing and we had Haaland up front. Um, it really was the absolute complete footballing performance that night. It was sensational. And one more thing I'll mention in case I forget is the weather was just unbelievably filthy and I was really worried going to the, uh, going to the game. Uh, I, I got wet first time. I often think we don't play the top notch when when the weather's really bad we often don't mm. like playing in in bad weather uh, and it was foul that night um there, i mean there was i was up in the third tier and like there were there were bits of the first half i think that you could barely see the pitch the because of like what looked like thick fog but it was actually rain blowing across the pitch and i have no idea how those players managed to produce that performance on that night mm-hmm. that added it added a whole extra levels of difficulty to, to what they had to do and it probably part of the reason why why pep said he was emotionally exhausted at the end of it and so was i well, it probably drenched through as well, Pap. Um, <laughs> <Yeah, that's true. laughs> uh, think what about what about just is... three hundred days of rain in that year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Lloyd. Um, <laughs> the thing about Bernardo as well is how that energy it rubs off on other players as well. It sets the tone. And um, apologies for another cliche. Is that one okay, Howard? Am I yeah. all right with that? Oh, okay. So, but he, he sets the tone. I want to. I want to say that. Um, <laughs> um, Howard Tuchel said afterwards that it didn't feel like a 3-0. Was he right or wrong to say this? He was kind of right until I watched it back, and then he wasn't. So So many chances, wasn't there, late on? I've covered all bases with that answer, haven't I? (laughs) First, I'll come back to answering two parts briefly, hopefully. I'll come back to what I said earlier. It felt this was definitive in that City did to Bayern Munich what teams had done to us in the past. Hmm. We weren't clearly better than them but they were the ones that made mistakes they were we were the ones that created the moments of genius were clinical and put it in the net and that's what's happened to us in the past we've had we've been robbed in a way you know like by, by Real Madrid by the away goals rule maybe by moments by this that yeah we're just like wonder if we're like now so we're cursed or whatever we did everything to buy Munich that they've probably done to other teams a hundred times and what the Euro, so-called European royalty do to other teams. You don't yeah. always have to be the greatest. So, so it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was an even game and City somehow won 3-0. They would, they deserved to win 3-0 because they put the ball in and out three times and by I mean it didn't. <laughs> and their main threat was a set-piece free kick, you know, and long-range shots. Of course, there was that Sane chance second half where he was a bit closer, but it still wasn't guilt-edged. And then the second part is, no, it really was a 3-0 because of what you just alluded to. After we got the second and third goals, they fell to pieces. Yes. Really stiff blood then. And you watch the end of that match, there could have been another one or two goals. It was, Which is rare, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so often we take a foot off a pedal. Um, you know, we'll go 3 nil up and that's it. But yeah, no, but it's the first leg of two. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a league game or anything like that. Yes. Or a second yeah. leg. Uh, but you really smelt blood then and just there were, you know, Bodies on the floor, it was pinging around the penalty area. It might not have been guilt-edged chances as such, but there were opportunities where we could easily have made it more. And in a way, as the away manager, you probably come away thinking, well, in the end, probably glad to take a 3-0 because it gives us a smallest chance in the second leg that a 4-0 or 5-0 certainly wouldn't have done. Well, let me jump in there because that kind of is a good way of kind of rounding this game up because after the game Pep was as you would expect as any manager would say in such circumstances he was very kind of um 
you know, infused to say, look, this this tie over. We've still got to go to to Munich. I was I was coached by Munich. I know what they're capable of. They can. I think his words were, they can score one, two, three. Um, for you, Ali, leaving the ground that night, did you believe the tie was over and we were semi final bound? Uh, deep down, yeah, I think it did. I couldn't actually envisage any situation where they were going to turn around a three goal deficit against us. Uh, a bit of my heart or, or my, I don't know, my, my, uh, inner city fan. Uh, it's kind of always, <laughs> we could somehow still cock it up yeah, from here. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I, I really don't want to tempt fate, but I don't think we are still the Manchester City that does manage to cock things up from here. You know? okay. I, I think we've grown up beyond that point, and and actually, uh, we're 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 better than that now, and we're we're a different animal. Uh, so rationally, I I I was absolutely certain that we had we had done the job, um, but of course there was a still a knot in your stomach because you never quite believe it's happened until it it does, and and you know uh, football's a, a funny old game. As a, oh God, I, I can't believe I just said that. Kill me now, kill me now, Howard. Howard, Howard. You're, you're officially <laughs> you. I'm handing you the revolver and the bullet. I'm I'm, I'm going to uh, no. end my answer right there. Cliche is a five <laughs> a five minute. Oh, <laughs> football's a funny old game's okay, is it? Right, okay, right. Right, yeah, fair enough. I feel, feel somewhat bullied at this point. So, <laughs> so <Get> semif- <laughs> speak to Chris. He's got a whole book. <laughs> um, so, semi-finals here. We come after the second leg, and three weeks after that, we go to the Bernabeu and draw one-one. Um, eight games later, we're hosting Real Madrid. Um, shades of the previous year, of course, but good draw at the Bernabeu in the first leg. Howard, how confident were you going into this one, given the fact that City were unbeaten in 20 games and playing some, frankly, otherworldly football at this at this juncture? There was only reason, one reason not to be is it's Real Madrid, who, yeah. again, don't even have to play well to somehow win. I felt... This is Real Madrid. It's our Madrid. It's, it's RM. It's Real M. Real M. I thought our home performance the season before was probably in as much of it as good as this one we're about to discuss. Mm, and yet we ended up... I mean, it wasn't as good, obviously. I mean, how can you consider... I think the penalty was a bit of just bad luck, really. Mm. And obviously, we were missing uh, a speedy right back that saw Vinicius power his way through. And the Benzema goal was just pure class yeah. previously. But part... Yeah, we should have been about th- at least 3-0 up in the previous season after about 25 minutes. We missed... I don't know if it was Foden or whoever it was at 2-0. And yet, we're coming away going, how on earth we only won that by one... <laughs> Goal, and then in the second leg, we we're winning that game as well. Going into injury time, how on earth do we go out of that competition? That was the only thing that was bothering me. The Bayern Munich game reinforced the fact this was a, probably one of the biggest. The Etihad now was a fortress. When we drew at Leipzig, Pep, a lot of City fans were unhappy because we bossed the first half, then kind of fell apart a bit in the second. We were under huge pressure. Pep was like totally no, it's fine. All he wants in, if in a way, first leg is a draw, because he has total utter faith that City will always win if in the second home leg, and it's kind of true now. <laughs> it's it re- our record at home in the Champions League in games that matter. There might be the odd dead rubber, 
is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And there is a belief now that whoever comes to that ground, the Champions League, we will short and will beat. Mm. So I was really confident the way we were playing, the fact we got past Bayern Munich with a three goal. Have you know? Well, and their goal, their only goal across two legs was that ridiculous penalty uh, in the second leg. The fact we got past, there was room to spare. Just made me very, very confident indeed. The only thing was, <laughs> you know, it, it was Real Madrid and they can always do you, especially with the firepower they have up front. But I did go into it feeling more relaxed than I probably expected to be. I I, I mean, yes, I, I remember at the time and all the rest of it, but it still, it, it shocks me to hear you use words like very confident and relaxed about a Champions League semi-final. It, it's, mm. yeah, yeah, but that's just how good we were at that stage. Um, Walker was in for the injured Ake, but that side, it was the same side that faced Bayern. Ali, was it notable that Pep seems to have a first eleven now he really trusted at the tail end of last season and few changes were made? Yeah, I think that that seemed to uh, bed in between these two games we're talking about. And uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say earlier, I think the uh, the Bayern game at home was the first one when John Stones moved into midfield and and you know he he did the job of the the folded in fullback effectively uh, that Rico Lewis and other people had been trying through the season. Um, mm. And he uh, it was in the Bayern game that he just totally made it his own. And then by the time we got to the Real Madrid game, it just looked like we absolutely knew what our first eleven was, and we'd got to this weird position where I think pretty much all of us could predict what Pep Guardiola's starting eleven was going to be going into a match. And, and, you know, everybody called it and everybody got it right. Uh, the, the Kyle Walker coming in was, it was possibly the only, only question mark. Um, and given how he performed on the night, we're, we're all very glad he did. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, I think when things had been going, a bit iffy for us back in uh, January, February in the season. A large part of the re- the reason was that we'd played with pretty much a different back four, back five, back six uh, in every match this season. I think there was some ridiculous stat going around in about January that in something like the first half of the season, the first 19 games, we'd played 17 different defensive combinations or something. Yeah. Um, and and it really did feel like, you know, the major reason we we couldn't put together a a, a consistent run of games was because we couldn't put together a, a consistent starting eleven, and, and Pep didn't really know what it would would be. By the time we got to um, you know the, the the later stage of the Champions League, we absolutely knew what our best eleven was. Um, and give or take an injury here or there, the the weren't really even any decisions to be made. So no, uh, we knew who would start that game more or less, and and they did, and they stepped up, and they did exactly the job that we expected them to do. Absolutely. It was well and truly a ghost exercised from the previous year and in some style as well. City, uh, City just exploded from the blocks that night. Um, we took the lead after 23 minutes via Bernardo. Um, there's that famous shot uh, out of Vinicius and Ancelotti looking utterly perplexed after the goal. <laughs> we had no answers to the sensational what are we football. To do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, that is what they're saying to each other, isn't it? I mean, Ancelotti just stands there without, like, silent, just chewing gum going. What are you asking me for? <laughs> yeah, I've got no one. I'm just the manager. <laughs> which brings me to a question, which again is a touch of deja vu because I recall me and you talking about this at, at maybe at the time. 
where does that first half rank for you in terms of 45 minutes you've seen from any footballing side in your lifetime? Uh, the best, well, the 90 minutes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I would say that the last half, or the second half, sorry, of course they were extremely good City, but it's more about controlling the game, seeing how, mm. as in addition to what they were doing, first half was about making that possible. And, and the oh, first yeah. half. Was, <laughs> well, before the goal, you've got two Harland. I mean, there should be goals. So I think it was before the goal, wasn't it? So Harland, the header that Courtois saves, and Courtois yeah. is, for me, the best goalkeeper in the world. So as, underrated. As a pure so, goalkeeper. So underrated. I don't think he's underrated anymore. I, I, I believe me. he's underrated when you look back on, like, for, sorry to drop, but mm. um, Neville and Carrigueron, what's the overlap we're talking about, the Premier League's greatest goalkeepers. But I don't even think they mentioned Courtois yeah. at Chelsea. I don't so I, I don't remember his. I don't know if he's got better or he was that good for them. I think. I he, think he's got better. I think I he's think at his he's, peak yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Really. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, and of course, his save for Marland, who did nothing wrong with that se- that second header. Yeah, I mean the header's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And Courtois moving the wrong way, turns and flicks it around the. So we we could again before we score, we could have had at least two. Uh it's the greatest 45 minutes stroke 90 I've ever seen as a City fan. Mm. Because it's Real Madrid. We, we've probably. <laughs> no, probably, the previous one was Manchester United in the 60s. <laughs> I, I was about to interrupt to say the exactly same thing that the only competition is that it's Manchester United. But you, won't, <laughs> you won't pick 45 minutes against, I don't know. Aston Villa is the greatest. Yeah, yeah. So you can't pick Manchester United either for the same reason. This was Real Madrid. So. Stop saying it. Ah, <laughs> Madrid. Yeah, no, it, I, I would It was you, stunning. It was, I mean, it was. Sometimes, you, know what? It, it is, sometimes it, you have to stop when you're watching a match and just like take a step back and go, is this actually happening? I was going to say exactly the same thing. It actually distracted, it, it, it detracted, I should say, from. The, the, how enormous the game was and, and what it meant to me as a City fan. Here we are in the Champions League semi-final and yet there was, I don't know, 30% of me just watching as a football fan that night going, this is incredible. <laughs> it just, just attracted from I've seen through them time and time again, they're all like bang down the channels and just, yeah. I think there's one time they get in a half where Cruz hits the bar, does he not? With a great uh, shot and a great save, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, McManaman's yeah. uh, co-commentary. Uh, Edison got nowhere near that. And it's like, oh, it's just <laughs> I mean, it was hitting the bar anyway. So yeah, uh, that's it. I mean, a long-range shot that hit the bar that Edison had covered anyway was the only time I remember them venturing into our half. It was yeah. incessant. Pressure. I remember they did the, the highlights afterwards and they showed like just a very ordinary attack by Benzema down the left-hand flank mm. as one of the highlights because they had to include some, just for a little bit of balance. You know so, that on like match of the day or something. Yes. When, when a, a team yeah. has a shot that sails 30 yards over the bottom. <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're not having a good game here, are they? No. <laughs> They've put that into the highlights package. So if City were sensational, what about the atmosphere? Ali, were you there that night? I wasn't afraid. I, I had literally just come back two days before from, uh, from my honeymoon right. in Costa Rica, yes. so I didn't get to the game. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll pass to Howard about the atmosphere in the ground, but I will say from someone watching at uh, home on telly, um, it sounded fantastic coming over, and it doesn't always in the Etihad. Uh, you really did get the sense that the you know, the whole ground was buzzing. Uh, the weather was a bit better than it it being at the Bayern game <laughs> as well. Probably helped. Uh, but, you know, I'll pass over to Howard to answer that question. Well, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll stay with you, Alan, and move on to the goal, and then we'll come back to, to Howard on the atmosphere. So, so Bernardo makes it two after thirty-seven minutes with, as Howard said earlier, yet another header, prolific as he is with his head. <laughs> um, at this stage, given the fact that City were playing gorgeous football, the two 0 up, were you able to enjoy the game, or were the stakes still so high that you know you were basically biting your nails? Uh, no, I remember uh, my 14-year-old had been out that evening and came in about, uh, I can't remember if it was 1-0 or 2-0 the score at that time, um, and I just kind of grabbed him by the lapel and said, look, it, it's only 1-0 or it's only 2-0, but we're absolutely battering them. This yes. is amazing. Sit down and watch. It's incredible. And <laughs> I was just totally buzzing, almost in the first whistle. Um, and yeah, of course, there were nerves and doubts and whatever. And actually, probably not many doubts, but there, there were still nerves going on and, and worries that it could all suddenly somehow somehow still go horribly wrong from here. Um, but no, I, I loved every second of it it was fantastic to watch it was like it was like all the uh, uh, uh all the thrills and energy and excitement of like i had i know some stupid fast and furious film or something <laughs> uh, but while watching like my my favorite football team being the best football team in the world and <laughs> and like I, and and putting not just any team but real madrid madrid <laughs> our madrid Putting them to the sword, just we just absolutely demolished them, and it was a joy and a privilege to behold. Well said. That's exactly the word. It was a it was a privilege. It was so in the stadium. Then Howard, the pleasure and privilege. How was it for the fifty five thousand kind of faithful? What was the atmosphere like that night? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I mean, they put the flags out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ground just looks nice, doesn't it? When everyone's <laughs> waving something. So, look, there's never there's never been an issue ever with the atmosphere in a knockout tie. Yeah, in any competition, perhaps uh, in the Champions but, League. But like Ali said, though, it absolutely boomed at the telly. That yeah, day. yeah, I know. But honestly, it's always it's, yeah, no, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the group stages know, yeah. can be a chore. They can be a chore, and it, they are now anyway because it sounds arrogant. But you expect City going in and pot one all the time to get through, and they do. And they're not always that excited, especially the final one. Been quite a few dead rubbers there. There's been some dead rubbers in knockout stages. If we've won 4-0 away in the first leg or something against the team. So, look, there's never been an issue. I've had some amazing atmospheres. Night games, of course, might help, you know. Oh, yeah. Some go down, floodlights on and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. It, it links into performance as well, doesn't it? When City come out and just like absolutely go at Real Madrid like that, mm. the the atmosphere is going to, off each other, it's going it? to sort itself out, and it was unbelievable. One of yeah, one of quite a few unbelievable atmospheres had in recent years at that stadium. Yeah. We're going to kind of whiz through the rest of the game only because there's quite a big game to, to get to. <laughs> um, but we make it 3-0 on 70 minutes. Um, and it, as you said, Howard and Ali, if not for Courtois, they could have been seven on a night quite easily. Um, but before we move on to the final, uh, Ali, I just want your words on Phil Foden's assist for our fifth, uh, for our, sorry, for our fourth goal. Um, kind of almost a, a no-look pass. Um, just a beautiful assist from... I mean, he's, he's, he's a kid still. So to do that in a semi-final <laughs> of the Champions League is special indeed. 
It was beautiful. And, and uh, to give it a little bit of um, pretentious depth, um, it, it was a, a proper Kevin De Bruyne pass, both from the position on the pitch where he made it, the the timing of it, the way he delivered it, the uh, the the strength and uh, uh, and you know, range of the pass. Um, it, it was just sublime. And if we are now about to have a season ahead of Phil Foden moving into that position and put it that way uh, and and sharing it with, with KDB which I think is quite likely uh, it, it offers the prospects of some you know, delicious moments like that to come um, should, should say as well that was a great finish as well from Alvarez um, he, yeah. he really took it well and he uh, won the ball in midfield to start it he had done yeah 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 you know um, and uh, yeah, we, we could it's another theme from uh, from these games um, it wasn't just the the players 1 to 11 that delivered um, I think in all of these games the substitutes that came off the bench uh, actually lifted the team and, and actually, well I can't remember the yeah. Bayern game but certainly the, the Inter game we'll come on to talk about um, uh, Phil Foden and Alvarez had both come off the bench and then they produced football like that as the substitutes when just when you know you might think that the uh, the team and the energy would be flagging and it was just it was beautiful it was proper cherry on the top of the icing and the cake moment do you hear that, Gabby Jesus? That's how you do it. Let's not go in on Gabby. He's had enough this week. What a bloody <laughs> wuss. Grow a pair, man. Jesus. Yeah, maybe, Jesus. Maybe vomit my mouth. I did read it out yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, there was the final. And what can we say about the final apart well, from let's start at the beginning, I guess, pre kick off, the build up. Um, Ali, you watched it at home. Am I correct yeah. in saying? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I like watched it. it at home. You were there, Howard. So I guess I was very different. Well, very different experience for you out there. Unless, but what- unless Ali built up to the match by sitting in a taxi for fun <laughs> <laughs> and celebrated by sitting on a bus all night until dawn. Uh, we, no, we were I bed. didn't have that pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had sleep. <laughs> now, what, what I was going to say is one thing. Absolutely, we, we did share all three of us, and every single person listening to this podcast was pre-match nerves. Uh, I'll come to each of you quickly on this, Howard. How how nervous were you leading up to this? What what was your thought process? Uh, not at all, because I was on the move and stuff. So right, okay. So I was staying f- further south in Turkey. Uh, I got an internal flight about 6am. So I was sat in the hotel about, you know, in the foyer, mm. about 5am as the sun came up. Uh, very evocative, all this, isn't it? So, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> but that was the moment it hit me. It's like, oh shit, it's the Champions League final today. Yeah. I'm going to be there for Manchester City to watch, see if they can win. the. That's when it was like, and my stomach went big time for, for a few minutes. I went, oh, Jesus Christ, no putting this off now. Uh, it's the Champions League. For, you know, I hadn't really thought about it before that because it's like day before. You Practicalities. Know, yeah, yeah. in the air, go and see people. And it's like, bang, this is it now. And the day, during the day was fine again, chatting to people. And I ended up in the ground very early because I thought it was going to be like a two-hour you know, scrum to get in and it wasn't it was about everything else was a shambles. But I think I just beat the rush and was there with two hours to go almost in the ground with no mm. alcohol. And that's when it really hits home. And it's like just sat there waiting, thinking, Oh God. 
the, the rest of this weekend, the next few days, are going to go one of two very, 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 very separate ways. And inevitably what you do is you, you, you think up the opponents. I mean, they were a very good team, Inter, um, but you still... You think them up, don't you? Because mm. in that nerves, um, Ali, were you kind of tense? And I, I remember about it must have been actually about two hours before kickoff where it really kicked in for me. And I, I remember just being on Twitter and just couldn't focus. You know, what I mean, I, I was just really tense at that point. That entire week leading up to it felt like the longest week of my life. Mm. I was, I was just, I was counting down the minutes from about the Sunday before, and uh, but. The, I think round about the Wednesday, I started seeing photos from friends and people I knew who were uh, getting out there already uh, and could feel the build up. Um, I had a, a load of work and things that I, important things I was meant to be doing. Absolutely fuck all got done all week. Like they did nothing, at all, nothing useful from, from Monday onwards. I just could not focus or concentrate on anything. Uh, I remember, actually, I remember, uh, other than uh, I did, did a, a podcast or two and listened to all of our content and everybody else's content and uh, five live and whatever I could find. And I remember saying in a pod at the time, uh, there was one night about the Tuesday. Um, I thought, right, I, I have to turn my mind off football for a while and, and I put the uh, Radio 4 uh, news on one evening and they were talking about, you know, environmental apocalypse in the USA and war in Ukraine and, and economic catastrophe in the UK and, and I was just thinking, what are you mad people talking about? Don't you know it's the Champions League final on Saturday? Why aren't you talking about that instead? And that's when I realised I had to just get off mainstream media and go back to the city content. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah, no, and but the time by the time it got to uh saturday i mean i think actually the saturday itself i'd i'd kind of made a made a plan of attack that i'd, I'd given myself a big long list of jobs and things to do you including curry? Is that right? I, yeah I do, yeah making curries in the afternoon doing some gardening in the morning and i stuck to it <laughs> and, I, and I actually it got me through pretty well and and i managed to get through until about six o'clock in the evening um without being you know like a complete miss but by the time kickoff came along yeah no i was i was in bits um and like um howard's description of of having to wait two hours doing nothing with no alcohol for the kickoff um i was the same but with lots of alcohol <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I misjudged it i have to say i remember doing a pod with a, a sam before the pod and um, we were talking about when we we're going to start drinking and and he said you're starting too early because i was going to start at three and and that stuck in my head and i thought okay i'll, I'll kind of keep it till about five o'clock but because i was nervous i was drinking fast and yeah but when kickoff came i did think shit i've misjudged this a little bit i'm actually you you know you you just you got you, you don't want to go over the line do you where you're just too pissed you can't really kind of take in all the nuances of a, of a football match i was just on that cusp i was so uh yeah um Looking at the lineup, there's not actually a lot to talk about. But I mean, Pat was never going to throw a curveball this time, and as we've already discussed, he's got his strongest eleven now. We we pretty much knew what lineup it was going to be. Similarly, which is odd to talk about in the Champions League final involving City, there's not a great deal to talk about in the first twenty five minutes. <laughs> it was nervy. It was epitomised by Pep being seen on the telly just shouting "Relax, relax" with his players. And um, how would were we? In that first half hour, were we too tense, too cautious, to not playing our usual, not being our usual selves because of the occasion? I guess we'll never know, really, but that's how it felt. So, yeah. 
So when you say you don't, you, you'll never know. It could also be that Inter were just very well organised and very good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I never really turn up for goal. Be three 0 up after twenty minutes. No. But you always have that little hope that you will be. They all go really smoothly. We absolutely batter them, and it's comfortable. And I guess after twenty minutes, you just knew this was going to be a battle for all the way to the end. Yeah, uh, it didn't feel like they were that dangerous, but it didn't feel like we were creating enough either. That Bernardo Silva chance, I think, is a lot better than seems. Yes, to have been, and yeah, early. That was early, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that he put past the post. Yeah. He's a lot closer to goal than I realised at the time. That was a great chance, but there wasn't much. Co- yeah, they were well organised and everything. You know, the previews that said Inter will give City a tough match proved to be right. It's like. Yeah, it could rely on a moment again, which in the end it did. So I was a bit, I wasn't, I wasn't worried as such. I didn't think, oh my God, we're going to mess this up. But I was a bit frustrated because it, it was going to be, again, it was, it was going one or two ways and it was going the way I didn't want, which is this is just going to be a battle, but it's a Champions League final. I mean, if it was our third one on the road, I'd be more relaxed. And there was just so much at stake to get that first one. I think maybe it did weigh on the players a bit, but I also feel they'd run out of steam a good few weeks previous. Yeah, that's fair. But they're just so good. They got over the line. They got past United. They got past Inter. I don't think... I think the previous two games when we saw perhaps the absolute peak of Pep City, Mm. like never played better than that. But we played 61 games in this season. This was the 61st game of the season. And I think it showed. So there's probably a, a number of things in a way. You're in a final, you don't want to concede that first goal. So City weren't going to be... Both teams are thinking your priority is don't concede and then yeah. take it from there. And it felt that way. That it was a bit of a chess match and that created a bit of a stalemate. Well, we lost our king, I guess, um, in the 34th minute with Kev going off, um, keeping to the chess theme. Is that all right, Howard? Is that too much <laughs> Uh, that, that one yeah. didn't sit right with me, to be fair. <laughs> um, so the Bruyne goes off, Phil comes on. Now, I have to say, how I responded to this was probably very much in a minority. Of course, it's never good to have Kevin De Bruyne go off. You're best player. Um, but I just felt it was superstition, I guess. But I thought, I've seen these finals before. Phil Foden's going to score tonight. That that was my reaction to, to what happened. Uh, Ali, your thoughts? Were you... Of course, everyone was concerned to see Kev go off. Um, was that the same with you? Yeah, it was uh, much like you described. I was, I was, I, I was gutted for Kevin. Uh, yeah. I, I, like particularly after you know ha- happening last time as well. Um, you know, I, he, I, I really wanted him to have a, a, a career-defining performance in the Champions League final because his career deserves it. Um, he, he hadn't been that uh that great he hadn't been his absolute top form even before it was obvious he was injured and then he he went down uh so i had all of that going through my my head and my my heart uh and then i thought it was phil coming on and that wasn't uh self-evident that that would be what would happen and he could easily have brought on mares or alvarez um and probably others i'm not even thinking of but uh when when it was kev standing uh, sorry when it was Phil standing on the sideline, I thought, oh, this is going to be good. I really wanted to see Phil Foden in yeah. this match. And 
it, we, we've now got to the point where I don't think that uh, Kevin De Bruyne going off means that we're necessarily any weaker. Um, it, it's, Manchester City is now a complete enough footballing unit that we can use lose any one part, possibly with the exception of Rodri, our player of the year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, you know, we can lose Kevin now, and whoever comes in, uh, we we will plug the gaps um and so i yeah I, a bit like you I, I was really hoping phil would score i thought that, that you know that would have just been uh, uh the most amazing sublime moment for a city fan uh to have a, a you know a, a city kid uh score a goal or a winning goal uh yeah he, he nearly did <laughs> yeah he, yeah he had, a, he had a couple of uh, proper champagne moments along the way um and he played really really well and you know we we were not in any way diminished by uh by phil coming on with with all due respect to kevin de Bruyne. yeah well said and, and yeah it feels churlish to say so but when you look back on his drag back phil foden and, and just imagine if i'd got in and that would just oh. been unbelievable and um, City had relative control over the game but into a clever in picking out moments and chances in fact they eventually had twice as many attempts on goal ultimately by the end of the game which surprised me um, I think it was 14 to 7 um, Howard we've kind of touched on this um, just now but just a, a word on Inter and how well organised they were um, they, they, didn't, they didn't disappoint did they they were exactly how we feared they'd be well I mean Zaki turned them around that season so Bit of a mess early in the season. He'd found a system that worked brilliantly. Yeah, and the season yeah. before they were they were exceptional. And yeah, and yeah, uh, going forward, I don't know if they'll lose how many players they'll lose. Uh, they're just yeah, brilliantly organised team. There's plenty of so much talent in there. So oh. you know, it's the it was, and I watched those semi-finals. They uh, yeah, the first leg especially, they absolutely yes. For, I mean, they, they could have had yeah. six or seven early, you know, against uh, AC Milan. So yeah, they were they did everything they could. Basically, they couldn't have done more on the night. They absolutely, mm. and yeah, you know, when they dropped to the floor at the end, <clears> they knew that that's part of the reason they're probably so devastated. They'd not just been out classed out for and lost four nil. They knew they'd put everything on the line and done everything they could. But one moment, one moment made all the difference and that's how big games often especially finals finals yeah. often aren't very good <laughs> you know there's so much at stake and there's nothing more at stake than this one this game uh club level club club cup competitions there's nothing more at stake doesn't matter how good the game is one moment went city's way thankfully well i suppose we might as well talk about that moment since yeah. you brought it up <laughs> um, ali how was it for you the goal <laughs> How was it for me? Uh, I, to be honest, I don't think my uh, my voice box has quite recovered. I screamed <laughs> so loudly. Uh, yeah. I was I, I was watching with uh, my uh, kids and some friends, and there's a lot of hugging going on, uh, a lot of emotion. Um, it it was the uh, the sudden. Uh, it, it wasn't. A, it's not the goal came out of nowhere. Um, but until like a, a second before he hit it, it didn't feel like there was there was a, an imminent, yeah, an imminent goal in the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, you blink and suddenly we're a goal ahead. Uh, and and what a goal it was! That we and we talk a lot about uh, uh, Rodri's and his thunder bastards and all the rest of it. Um, I think it's really striking that most big central uh, central defenders or or uh, CDMs when they hit. Uh, 
when they hit Vinnie Company style goals from from outside the box, they tend to be rockets that go straight as a die into the top corner, bang, break the back of the net. Um, almost all of Rodri's aren't like that. He he curls them, he places them. Um, he he he's got the most exquisite skill and delivery when he hits the ball. Um, that he does things in in a bit like you know we we talk about just how uh, silky and classy Ilki Gundawan is. Um, when he when he takes the shot, how how cool he is, and and how uh how much thought and preparation and, and technique goes into to how he delivers his shots. Well, Rodri does exactly the same thing, and he's a big man-mountain of a central midfielder, uh, and you don't expect that from him. It's just, it was it was a blissful moment. Um, I will watch that that like, <laughs> curling fade on the ball every time I close my eyes to drift off to sleep, possibly for the rest of my life. It, it was just, it was it was monumental and, and a very, very special moment that I will never forget. You know what? Watching the goal back uh, ahead of this pod was the first time when it felt like it had happened in the past. If that makes sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it felt like it was a really cherished moment, which it will obviously go on to become. And it was, it was just the start of that this week for me. I saw it. I knew exactly where all the players were positioned. I knew exactly what happened, and all. Of it. So yeah, it, it will be a truly iconic moment in the club's history, of course, and. Um, can I can I sneak in one thing that I, yeah. I don't think I've heard anyone mention is like one thing I really love about it is if you look and and you catch just the right camera angle at the right moment uh, when Bernardo pulls it back and it actually I think it clips a uh, clips a defender's arm on the way mm. and, and diverts back to Rodri. Uh, watch Haaland's face because there's a moment when he goes, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> when Bernardo doesn't pull the ball back to him and he's still saying that just at the time that Rodri hits it and flies into the back of the net. Uh, so yeah, Haaland, you're like, you, you don't get every uh, every champagne moment to yourself. <laughs> we had some good fortune after that, it has to be said. It was a heart-stopping moment in the 70th minute when they hit the crossbar from a looping header from close range. Um, Lukaku, of course, with his point-blank um, Edison again that's going to become a, an iconic moment on 88 minutes particularly how Ruben Diaz somehow twists his body in a, in a fraction of an instant um, to somehow clear it instead of, of an own goal um, let's move on for these because we've, we've talked about those, those moments in, in previous pods but something we have never really discussed I don't think about this game uh, Howard the result obviously mattered a million times more than the performance but Overall, how was our performance? Oh, uh, well, I think the worst, I mean, the worst bit was after the goal. Mm. I think it's hit home to the players on the cusp of history here. Yeah. Protect the lead, and they couldn't really. They didn't do a very good job of it. Uh, it was a, an average performance, I would say. Yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah. I was, again, defensive. I mean, they were how were they creating the, the carnage? It was like just long diagonal balls, one set, knockdowns. I didn't feel the hit the bar ever felt in danger. It's more where it landed after that, I felt more in danger. And of course, the Lukaku header, yeah. You just like, you. I watched it as a fan, you know, in the ground, just like, I kind of not watching the ball, but watching the nets and hoping it didn't bulge. Because yeah. it was just carnage in there. You didn't even know what was happening at the time. It's like it came across, it was right in front of goal. And it's like, I just don't want to see a ball hit the back of the net here. Then I'll know uh, that it's, they've not scored. And it wasn't a great performance and it doesn't remotely matter. I feel 
I feel the occasion did get to City a bit. I feel the season got to them. But a City team in the past would have lost that game. Hmm. And more to the point, now they've won the tournament. I feel if we put the players into that position again, we might see a more confident yes. and comprehensive Agreed. performance because it's the biggest, biggest monkey off the bat. You know, they are now European royalty. Well, maybe that's stretching it, but we are the European champions. They are have won the treble. Aristocracy. Yeah. They will we know what we are. They will <laughs> yes. go into it as holders, as the champions next season. And I feel maybe we're, we're probably asking too much for them to put in a champagne performance in when they're trying to win the tournament for the first time, when they've lost a final in the past with a bang average performance. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Well, it, I mean, obviously, obviously, does not matter how well they played. The, the scoreline matters, but I do feel that having now won it, it should see the way they approach future finals. Should they get to them a lot differently? Yeah, I mean, aristocracy. You'll never sing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was going to ask you trivia as as it sunk in, yeah. Um, but we discussed that on the live pod. This is a question I really wanted to end on today. Um, so to both of you, I'll start with you, Ali. I couldn't have been the only one that evening looking back on on a lifetime of being a blue, particularly a child of growing up as a blue, surrounded by reds, always, you know, in the shadow. Um, on that night, full of booze as we were, um, was that the same with you? Well, not quite, because uh, I've said before I'm a Johnny-come-lately to the City uh, family uh, since I moved to Manchester at the age of like nearly 30 and... and started following the city fairly soon after. So I didn't have that childhood thing. Um, what I did have, though, is I, I kept thinking back over all the roller coaster uh, uh, slumps and, and highs mm. and lows. And, you know, my early years as a city fan and so much. What years are we looking at then? In, in those well, years, I mean, the, the, when we were talking about from the mid nineties to the mid noughties, oh, you know, like that. Good God. That, <laughs> like that, you know, they, they were my, they were my first 10 years as a city fan. And, and, you know, I saw it all. Then, yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, and so, you know, in contrast to that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, Almost, envious is the wrong word. I, I, I totally, totally respect and understand. I, I feel slightly left out that I don't have that um, sense of you know redemption that all of you guys I, I know feel from from the 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 pain and agony of having to go to school. You know, in uh, anywhere in the northwest as a, as a Manchester City fan, which must have been quite a traumatic experience. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so you know, I I I am I'm I'm so delighted for you that you've all got that. But no, I think every city fan has got a sense of you know where that stands on the uh on the arc of our you know hmm. arc of history over the last you know decades S- seeing it um kind of you know engraved um watching the highlights and seeing it engraved that was a just a, a nice moment as well just mm. kind of we're forever going to be you know being champions that's it you know it, it's just thinking of the clubs they're joining as well that great real madrid side um you know in, in, in with puskas and and the stefano and yeah, it, it's quite emotional, really. Um, even now, it's quite emotional actually talking about it. How would you? Where, where was it you grew up in? What what, what region of Manchester? Uh, Whitefield. So, so north, was that North Manchester? Predominantly City, predominantly United. Yeah, I don't know to be honest. I just in your school, though, was it predominantly United <laughs> or? 
Uh, I don't know. It's not. It wasn't like. <laughs> it wasn't like it's today big... old tribalized. No, it wasn't. No, I don't think right. it was. Okay. It wasn't like you know. Like, it was a big school as well, so it's too big. Yeah, you know, it was like over a thousand kids there. How do you measure? Of course, there'll been more united. Of course, there will. Because yeah. we were crap. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and we're we're about we're already at the point now of tipping point where you know City will dominate yes. yeah, shirts would dominate the playgrounds and another 10 years of this you know it's, it takes a, it takes almost a generation for it to seep through mm. where you've got kids not following their parents bloodline in a way and going no i want to support city which is happening a, a lot already yeah so, no it wasn't a big like i don't remember at school having real football discussions i just kept it to myself in a way and it became uh but it's so long ago now i think Obviously, childhood gets further further away the older we get. <laughs> you have to stop thinking about that now. And in as a city fan, I'm not I'm not really bothered about the long journey because we've been good f- for such a long time now. This is mm. what we are and have been for a while. But I think that's why the Champions League mattered. It felt like the end of a journey, not the journey from childhood, perhaps, but the journey from the takeover. It yeah, felt like yeah. we'd finished something completed something that had to have this tournament even though a lot of blues don't have a lot of time for it we had to win it to complete the journey that the club was going on and that's been done now it feels like we've got to the top of the mountain yeah yeah Okay, well, I mean, I, clearly, I was trying to project onto you two there, but my, <laughs> which I'm not going to let go of. But, but despite what you say, Howard, I was I went to school in Wales, where there's me and my brother and about mm. kind of 900 United fans. So. Yeah, I feel for you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel it's got Liverpool. to be different now, anyway. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But and there's loads and loads of Liverpool around then too. But I so I did actually think that night back to that, and um, I, yeah, felt pretty sweet. That's a wrap for today. Anyway, folks, we have covered three huge games, um, not just of last season, but three huge games in this club's history, I, I would venture. Um, and you two have covered them so immaculately. So thank you very much for joining us today, Ali. Uh, absolute pleasure. I would very happily start again and do it all over again right now. <laughs> well, yeah, in terms of a season, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. Qua- uh, quadruple, quadruple, I want it. <laughs> Yeah, let's take on Southampton. Let's take him down this time. <laughs> well, Ali, you mean look? I've forgotten to record this podcast. So. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Howard. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed that. So. And thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. It's now time to move on from an unforgettable and peerless twenty-two twenty-three campaign and look ahead to a summer of signings, followed by yet more crazy adventures. I, for one, cannot wait. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone, and forever up the champions of Europe.